Dear Coach Pony, what is the future of life coaching? Is it a good time to be a coach? Welcome, everyone, to the Coach Pony Podcast. And today we are revisiting an amazing episode all about the future of life coaching. And I wanted to take a moment and update it with a few thoughts of our own that have occurred to us over the last year. So we recorded this particular episode a year ago, and it's really relevant now. And Bobby and I have a few things we want to add, a few extra nuggets of wisdom. So Bobby, what is your hot take? What is the future of life coaching? You know, I'm just about retired, and I'm still getting women asking me, to help them and asking me for coaching. So I think I think the future is a little challenging because the world's a little challenging, but I think it's bright for our business. I like that you said it's bright for our business. And to that end, I want to remind everyone, what is it that you charge for private coaching, Bobby? Well, I charge uh, for... For four months, about um, six thousand sixty-two hundred, and for six months, about seventy-five hundred. So I just want to put that out there. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are listening, if you're thinking to yourself, "People are not going to pay me money for this," that's a limiting belief. People actually pay Bobby and other coaches quite a bit for coaching. For me, my hot take is that the future of life coaching, both long and short term, is good. And I think it's good in different ways. So I just want to unpack this a little bit. Right now, a lot of people are worried about a recession. There's been a lot of layoffs going on in the tech industry and across the board at major companies, and it's starting to make people feel really uncertain. But what I know to be true from history, and I majored in history, if anyone's wondering, which is why I love to bring a historical perspective in whenever I can. And what I know from history is that people tend to invest in education and in themselves in an economic downturn. So education like coaching, like group coaching, like online courses, like a lot of the stuff that we as life coaches do. So this is actually an opportunity for us in the short term to really step up as coaches and be ready to receive the people who want help. Because there are people out there who are going to be looking to make a big career change or a big relationship change or a big life change because something in their life is different now in these times. And they have some money that they want to redeploy in a different way to help them through this turbulent time. So that's why I say in the short term, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for coaches, especially in certain niches. And in the longer term, I think the future of life coaching is extremely strong. You know, it's not a multi-billion dollar business for nothing just in the United States alone. So you'll hear more about this in the rest of this podcast. And I think that life coaching is not only strong right now, but it's continuing to be growing as more and more companies recognize the power of coaching, as coaching becomes more and more mainstream, and as people see the power of having a coach in their life. 30 or 40 years ago, people didn't see the value of a therapist. And now, not only do you know people who have one therapist, they might have multiple therapists in their lives. The same is true for coaching. So if you're thinking about getting into this industry or it's time for you to pivot and really commit to your coaching business, this is, in fact, a great time to do it. The best time, of course, is always this moment right now. The second best time is tomorrow. 
So get in here and build your coaching business because I think the coaching industry is going to continue to grow as more and more people utilize a coach and understand the value of what it is that we do. So any final thoughts on this, Bobby? I just want to confirm what you said, because during COVID, when we were all in lockdown, both of our businesses were really strong. You know, the bad news was we were all living with this horrible pandemic. And the good news for coaching was that people were investing in improving their lives. So don't worry if a recession, if you think recession's coming, don't worry if you're worried about the future. Uh, I can't agree more. Like now's the best time and tomorrow's the second best. I wanted to repeat that because it was so brilliant. You know, just to be clear, while I'm a coach, which means I tend to be optimistic, I'm not always super optimistic about everything, but I do believe firmly in the future of life coaching. So just to just to clarify, this is the opinion of two coaches from two very different business modalities in two different industries. And now I want to pull in some more folks to deal with coaches across the spectrum. So I want to turn it over to the life coaching schools. Because they serve so many coaches and they shape the coaches of tomorrow, they have a real thumb on the pulse of what is happening in the coaching industry. So they're the leading edge of any changes that are going on. And they are super knowledgeable about what's happened in the past and how that might inform the future. So with that, let's head to the rest of the podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the Coach Pony Podcast. We are here today to talk about the future of life coaching. Frankly, life coaching has changed a lot in the last 20 years, and I personally can't wait to discover what's going to happen in the next 20. To get answers, I decided to bring in smart people with a pulse on what's happening in the life coach industry, and I couldn't think of a better place to start than with the coaching schools, since they shape the coaches of the future. Today, I'm joined by three of the big life coaching schools who have graduated tens of thousands of fabulous coaches. The Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, IPEC, the Life Coach School, and the Martha Beck Wayfinder Life Coach Training Program. Together, we are going to delve into what's happening in the coaching industry. We'll take a closer look at some new trends. We'll uncover profitable coaching niches. We'll discuss if there's space for new coaches. And of course, we'll make our predictions for the future. And with that, let's get down to business. Welcome, everyone, to this special episode of the Coach Pony Podcast. Today, we have an amazing panel here to talk about the future of life coaching. So let's dive in. And of course, we're going to start with a quick introduction of our super amazing panelists from each life coach school. And so what I'm going to ask you guys to do is to tell us your name, your organization, and one big thing that you've seen change in the coaching industry during the time that you've been involved. So I'd love to start with Jennifer. Jennifer, come in and introduce yourself. Hi, Christy. I'm Jennifer Voss. I'm the CEO and Director of Wayfinder Life Coach Training for Martha Beck, Inc. 
And the thing that I've seen over the time that I've been in this position, over especially over the past two years, is a move toward what feels like an accreditation type body. We have taken this cue from the people that have called in asking for information about our coach training and become accredited with the ICF because that just seems to be the biggest push that's been happening lately. Awesome. So welcome, Jennifer. And Stephanie, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Christy. So my name is Stephanie Griffin. I'm the director of the coach certification program for the Life Coach School. And I would say the biggest thing that I have witnessed since I have been in this industry is just the awareness of life coaching, the awareness of what it can do and benefit and the outreach that it has and the um, just the great resource that it has become is just finally getting the credit that it is due. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you for that. And Sherry, please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Christy. I'm Sherry Garrick, and I'm the Chief Academic Officer at IPEC Coaching, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. The one thing I see is, well, I could easily say ditto to what Jennifer and Stephanie offered up here. I believe coaching has become more mainstream. I've been a coach for approaching 12 years now, and when I first came out of coach training, there was a lot of, huh? What is coaching? Never heard of this. Is this does this have to do with sports? Now it's much more mainstream when you have Oprah, Dr. Phil, all of the TV personalities talking about coaching as a helping modality. Now it's, it's an everyday household term. Yeah. And if I can add to that, Google has cited coaching skills as one of its most important skills in managers. Mm-hmm. So the people who own the internet right. <laughs> have told us this is important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to dive in with questions that I know new coaches and people interested in this industry, of course, are having at this moment. And I want to talk about the future. Like, What is the future of life coaching? So to set the context, IBIS World, which is a data science organization, has done a report on life coaching every year. And they've actually predicted growth in the industry every year. And they're predicting growth from 2020 to 2025. So we're continuing to grow. This tells me there's plenty of room for new coaches. And I want to ask you, since you guys are training the coaches, do you agree and why? Stephanie, would you like to start? I absolutely agree with that. And I think that there's just so much room for growth in the industry. The amount of people that have never even heard of a life coach or don't even know what it is, is so high. Our founder, Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School, uses an analogy that I think is so helpful for this. She likes to uh, refer to a ballpark stadium. If you look at the ballpark stadium and you think about how many people in that stadium actually know what a life coach is, let alone what the benefits are. It's kind of mind-blowing of the possibilities that there is, that how many of the people in the audience just have no idea what the concept of a life coach actually is. So the possibilities are actually endless. Awesome, Stephanie. I do love that image of all of the tens of thousands of people in a baseball stadium. Only a handful might know about life coaching or even be working with a coach right right now, which means there's a world of opportunity to reach new people. Sherry, anything else to add? Yeah, I think the, the one thing to keep in mind is this is relatively a new industry. I mean, it's been around for around 20 years, just a little over 20 years now. And I've heard it said that it's near a billion dollar industry in the U.S. and about three times that when we look at globally what the life coach industry is. And it's a new industry. 
we're coming up with more and more ways that we can be out doing this work in the world, partnering with our clients in any number of specializations and niches. I think it can only grow. It's only limited to our imaginations about it. Hmm. Yeah. And Jennifer, anything else you want to add to this as well? Yes. If you look at what's happened over the past couple of years and the exodus from people doing jobs that don't satisfy them, those people are all potential clients. Uh, People within businesses that are having to reinvent themselves now due to the pandemic and things, those are potential clients. As someone said earlier, it is becoming more mainstream. It is a household term now. People do know what a life coach is more than ever. And life coaches are who people are turning to to help make these transitions, especially in the past couple of years, because life is all transition, it seems, for so many people. Yes, we keep seeing more searches for how to find a life coach on Google. And the great resignation means more and more people are looking for help with finding work or finding a purpose that aligns with who they are, which means more people are potentially looking for coaching. So I agree with all of this. Coaching is a growing industry and it is a great time to be a coach. You know, one question I get asked a lot is about niches and specializations. And, you know, different schools tackle this differently. We often talk about specializing in things like health coaching or career coaching or just transition coaching or some sort of niche. What trends are you specifically noticing in terms of areas in coaching that are either expanding now that we're in this sort of post-pandemic phase of the game or contracting? Or is it all growing? One of the the growth edges that we have seen is around diversity, equity, inclusion. And so we have a lot of consultants that have specialties such as that that are coming in to add coaching into their toolbox. So they already are starting with a very specific niche and adding in coaching. The other is leadership. HR managers are coming in wanting to add coaching or they're building their own businesses outside of industry, or outside of companies to go in and add coaching in is kind of an a la carte thing that companies are are offering to their clients. So those are niches that a couple that I've seen. Sherry, what were you what were you going to add? I was going to say those same things. We're seeing a, a large uptick in DEI, which is no surprise here in the United States, based on where we've been as a society the last couple of years. But globally, heightened awareness around DEI education and training, and, and the call for that as well. Team coaching is on the rise. The ICF, International Coaching Federation, just created some competencies around team coaching because the demand for that was so high. Also, probably no surprise, we're seeing a lot of requests for coaching specialization in resiliency, mindfulness, things of that nature, health coaching, which extends to mental health coaching and wellness which there too, I think these are things that are uppermost on our minds as we've all come through a global experience together, you know, possibly for the first time, at least in our lifetimes, that we've all been impacted around the globe in a similar way. So that's really interesting. Here too, I I go back to, I believe the niche and specializations, the way that we work with the people we work with is only limited to our own levels of creativity and our imagination. So when I first came out as a coach 12 years ago, I was coaching women leaders in the travel and tourism industry because that's who I'd been for 25 plus years when I became a coach. 
And shortly thereafter, I decided, well, this isn't really all that exciting anymore. It just reminds me why I left corporate, <laughs> coaching the, all of the corporate communication and relationship issues. I really wanted to help people shift their consciousness and be able to make new choices in all areas of their life. And so I started coaching felony nonviolent offenders transitioning through drug treatment court. And really wasn't a niche. It just didn't exist. I just happened to know in our state, they were running a program that was very comprehensive and all about rehabilitating people. And to me, that was the crux of the work that I wanted to do. At the end of each coaching session, I could sense that I had helped evoke awareness to change a person's life, which would impact their family, their community, and so on. And so again, all of the things and the ways that you can serve in this world, you get to decide how you want to work with people and what kind of work you want to do. Sherry, I love how you illustrated how much a niche can change and evolve as you, the coach, become more aware of the work that you love to do. Next up, Stephanie, I'd love to get your opinion on this topic of growing niches. And in your answer, can you tell me if you see any niches contracting or if in your view, all niches are expanding right now? So I actually love this question a lot because I think that we have a lot of coaches that are niched in a niche down to a very narrow, like very specific group of people that they are here to serve, which is beautiful. And I do agree in these, these amazing niches that are, are really forming to create this opportunity to um, speak to a very specific group of people, which is beautiful. But I also think that it is also when you have somebody that is niched in a in a particular topic, they still are going to have many different coaching opportunities to coach on any topic, right? So even we have people that are niche down that are in our coaching community that are in a very specific niche, and then we have general life coaching. And I think that it's also really important to see the benefit in both, and there's no wrong way to do it. There are coaches that are very specialized, and then there are coaches that can be very more generalized. And even when the coaches are niched down to a very specific group, um, that they are able to coach really on anything because as we know in a coaching session that anything is fair game and oftentimes beautiful things come up as opportunities to coach on really any topic regardless of the niche that they may be specializing in so it's really just such a great beautiful thing to see that it's just an opportunity to get coaching and speak to a group of people that you're really wanting to be here to serve yeah one of the things that people ask me is you know i'm about to start a coaching business i need it to succeed where can I make money? What's going to be a profitable niche? And what I love about what you said, Stephanie, is that let's say you choose a specific type of niche and something happens and perhaps the economy or something goes goes on with it. You still have the basic skills to translate to something else, to coach anyone in, in any area if you want. So it's a skill that it's not so specific that it can't translate to many things, which makes it a really worthwhile life skill to have in general. And if you're a new coach and you're really excited about a particular niche and you're worried about its future... Just know there's a lot of different futures for you once you have this coaching skill set. Did, did I extrapolate that in the correct way, Stephanie? Would you agree? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, just the beauty of having the flexibility for anything that can come up in a coaching session. One of the things I want to address because we have to is COVID. And as a fun fact, for many coaches, the pandemic was actually a massive boon. 
COVID gave people the time and space to question their careers, their health decisions, their relationships, and personal development. And therefore, it opened the door to coaching because people wanted help to fix some of these issues. So now, as we've been dealing with COVID for almost two years, here at Team Pony, we've noticed another shift. People are still looking for help, so coaching is still booming. But as the pandemic wears on, they want help with a more personal touch. So we're seeing a trend back towards private coaching as a business model across different niches in order to meet that demand. So I'd love to know what you're seeing in terms of shifting business modalities. Jennifer, can I start with you? Sure. Just as you said, the one-on-one coaching via Zoom, virtual, is booming. We used to have coaches come through the program that mostly wanted to meet in person, and that is obviously, for obvious reasons, shifted. To answer your question from earlier about contracting niches, I haven't seen any specifically. So anything that you anybody here is listening to is interested in, anybody who's willing to do virtual sessions and is comfortable with that, that's where um, the opportunity is right now. In person, I think workshops and things like that in the future when things open back up will be really, really popular and a really great place for opportunity. Any coaches that have that in their uh, wheelhouse, because people are wanting to get back together and have personal connection and community. So I think that is coming in the near future once travel opens back up and things feel safer. Mm-hmm. One thing that we've I've been noticing a shift away from is online courses. So a lot of coaches want to do private coaching, but they also might want to have an online or group coaching program or something like that. Um, Sherry and Stephanie, what are you noticing? Is this Are you seeing more of a trend towards people turning back to private coaching in terms of what clients are asking for? Or are you seeing it's just, it's all good? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think the beauty of this industry is that there's no two coaches that are the same. So many of our coaches have great success operating with one-to-one coaching, group coaching, memberships, mastermind groups, or some variation. The benefit that this industry is able to provide is that you get to decide as a coach what is best to serve your clients and create a variety of offerings or one specific offering that is perfect for you to reach the clients that you're trying to reach. There is no one size fits all. I think it's you get to decide what is the best modality to reach your clients. I'll have I'll add one other thing here, Christy, just to keep this rolling. You know, what we have seen as a trend in the last few years, which certainly didn't exist when I came out as a coach a dozen years ago, are organizations like A Better Up or Lira that go out and get the corporate clients or whatever type of clients they're they're sourcing, and then they need coaches to fulfill mm-hmm. that. And so there are many new coach graduates that come through our coach training program that then go on, rather than to create an entrepreneurial business because they have no interest in doing that, they just want to coach. And organizations like that create a funnel for them and and feed them clients so that they're not out building an entrepreneurial business. Yeah, that did not exist when I got certified. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. One of the theories we've had is that just because we've all been online doing a lot of training just as, you know, in our daily lives, all of us, because that's the only thing we could do for last year, that now when we invest in personal development, we want that higher touch, right? We don't want to just take an online course. We want to have one-on-one time with that online course, or we just want that one-on-one time. And so that's sort of the shift that I've been seeing a little bit in terms of what I've been seeing with the coaches we work with. We're attributing it to pandemic fatigue. So my theory is that it's actually going to be a short-lived trend that this will start to bounce back the other way. Once we get back to a little bit more normalcy in our lives, people will be okay with learning online again because we're not just so exhausted from it. Um, What are your thoughts on that? You know, I I can share. I think it it really depends on what we're talking about here. I think what people crave right now is connection. So whatever it is that will feed that desire for connection works for them. So a lot of what we did, our program was 100% in-person prior to March of 2020. And within three weeks, we converted our entire program to a Zoom virtual experience. We all held our breath, crossed our fingers and said, can this work? Will people still feel that high touch, high connection? Will they feel the magic of the program that we've known always to be in person? And overwhelmingly, absolutely, uh, students are still feeling and experiencing that as an in-person connection, just like the four of us are right now, we're doing an audio recording, but we can all see each other and interact based on, you know, what emotion and all of the things that our coaches can experience in this virtual classroom setting. So I think what is probably a harder sell right now is to sell an online program that doesn't have this, this component where we can see and experience each other. If it's just online work at your own pace, I would say that's maybe a little bit tougher sell or, or may, as you said, Christy, we may decide that, ah, you know, we want something more. We're craving connection. Mm, I like how the way you said that, that we're craving connection. Cause that is so true. That is so, so true. Anything to add Stephanie or Jennifer? I'd like to add that we have always been hundred percent virtual. And so moving into the pandemic, we already had all of that in place and it's still very alive and well, but I have to um, agree Sherry that we had to up what we were doing and the thought behind what we were doing because of the magic and the Zoom fatigue is real. And so as people launch their practices and launch their businesses is how can they also bring in that creativity? Truth is, is that if we can have the virtual elements and not the in-person elements, it's more equitable. People can join and uh, for less cost right, than than having travel. Well, the same is is when you attract clients. You can attract clients if you have a business where you do virtual sessions via Zoom. You can find clients worldwide, not just in your local community where you're only offering in person. So I'm seeing those business models start to really shift because it's it allows for a bigger pool of potential clients for the for the coaches. Yeah. Stephanie, anything to add to that? Yeah, our program has been online for for a couple of years now. And um, I would say also that it is this, it's actually the sense of community, I think that really carries that, that high touch point and and just the, um, the intimacy, I think when you have that small group of being able to connect with people, just like, you know, just like what uh, Sherry was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like a real a real theme we've uncovered here is connection and community and community, um, especially as you go out and build for new coaches, as you go out and build your business. How can you create that with your potential clients and with your clients to make sure they get that what they what they really need and what they crave, especially right now since we all kind of miss it. 
Okay, so I want to ask about how have client needs shifted over the last five years? Have they? But if they have, what's changed? I, I love this one. Um, I think clients have really shifted to being more aware that they want support. And hiring a coach isn't a sign of weakness. It doesn't mean that something's wrong. It's actually empowering that a coach can help their clients see where they want to be and the clients uh, see that there's untapped potential that they want to access. Mm, I love that. Anything to add, Jennifer? Yes. So in in the past, a lot of coaching was, or the way I perceive coaching to be, was goal-oriented. And we were helping people achieve goals or make sure that they were living to their highest potential. Well, now people are evaluating the goals. Am I even headed toward the right goal? It, it's, it's moving back into more, per, even if you're in a company coaching executives or, or managers, it becomes more personal in nature. Am I Am I living to my values? Am I playing to my strengths? Am I even climbing the right ladder? So it's it's whole life experience rather than just goal-based. Mm. Yeah, I feel like this has been a big time of questioning for all of us. And that's that's an interesting shift. Sherry, what do you have to add? When we're thinking in terms of, and we you know, we we train our IPEC coaches to be expert generalists in the core energy coaching process, which is our proprietary process to coach anyone on any topic. If we're thinking about in terms of client needs shifting when it comes to organizations, it used to be that organizations would retain coaches to move people out of their organizations. It was sort of a technique that was used in human resources to coach someone through a performance improvement plan and out of the organization. Those days are really no longer Today, what we see are companies that want to bring coaches in to develop their people to their fullest potential, which is super exciting. So they're developing emerging leaders. They're giving further support to leaders that are, that are already there or just teams in general. And so that shift, I think, has been incredibly positive and creates all kinds of, you know, openings for coaches, either as an internal coach, so someone that's inside an organization and doing coaching, or those that are coach practitioners that would go into a company and and serve them. As far as other coaches, if we're talking about just regular life coaching, I think it comes down to people being more clear on what it is that we do and what, what coaching is all about. And so really seeing it and viewing it as personal trainer for life right? Instead of, I need a coach. No one needs a coach. It's those that want to get their optimal performance, that want mastery, that want to create success in whatever areas are most meaningful for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've also hit on another technical change, which is that Zoom has really changed the idea of where you can coach and who you can coach and made it a lot easier for a coach to have a more global business. I was talking to an executive coach recently and just talking about a small change. She said her clients now want to coach in 15-minute sessions and sometimes they'll coach over text. She used to do 90-minute in-person or two-hour in-person sessions with, with these clients. And now it's broken up and she's like, they're really busy, but also just the technology changes have changed the way they think and direct their attention. And so she's adapted her coaching to meet that. And I thought that was that was interesting. Have you guys seen anything else in this sort of the smaller technical stuff that has changed over the last few years? 
I think it's just the technology as the, it continues to develop is going to continue to further and, and advance the coaching industry. So we just keep having these amazing tools that are available to us and it continues to allow us to reach more where there, we have no bounds anymore as far as like location or um, any kind of thing that may have prevented us before. There, So our possibilities are endless that we're able to cross bounds of location, age, differences so many things are out our outreach possibilities are just amazing right now I love that our outreach possibilities are amazing yes 100% agree on that um so I want to dive into market saturation because this is a question I get a lot from new coaches who you know say well like I should have I should have been a coach 10 years ago you know now there's a million coaches and you know my niche or a million coaches just in general there's no room for me I'm not going to make it I'm not going to stand out so I, you know, obviously have things that I say to them and that, but I'd love to know what you guys say, because you must, as people think about getting their coaching certification, this must be a worry you hear often. So what do you say to coaches who are worried about that market saturation, that there's too many coaches and not enough clients? No such thing. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. End of sentence. Yeah, no, <laughs> I love no, it. Truly. I mean, know that, that that's a very common fear that new coaches come up against that, oh my gosh, what if I've made all this investment in time and energy and training and all the rest, and then I can't find coaches. Again, because this is so much more mainstream today than it ever has been, people have a heightened awareness about what coaching is, what it can do for them, how they can get value from coaching. There's really, I, I don't foresee this ever being the case because there are billions of people on this planet and everyone can benefit from coaching, including coaches, by the way, who are always looking for ways to continue to hone their craft and further grow and develop and so on. So I, I don't see that as a, as a reality. Yeah. Jennifer, Stephanie, do you guys agree? I have to echo that. I mean, if you think about, again, all the changes that have happened over the past couple of years in the demographics that they touch, we've got parents now home with their kids, homeschooling, big life transitions such as that, people from working from home that now maybe have the time that didn't before, but those 15-minute sessions that you were talking about, Christy, can fit in and really help them deal with the changes that are happening. One of the things that um, you said, Sherry, is nobody needs a coach. I actually think everybody needs a coach. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it's something that we, it can help us not just in the business world. It can help us with our families and our, and our children and our relationships, our relationships with ourselves and others. And I, I just think I have to ditto what Sherry said. There's, there's no such thing as market saturation here in this. Yeah. Stephanie, go ahead. Yeah. I agree with both, with both. Um, it is easy to think that there's not room for one more coach, right? Like that's an easy thing to think about, but I would just request if somebody is thinking about that to really zoom out and see the big picture. And the so many people that have never heard about life coaching and that we're really just getting started with this industry. So if someone is feeling afraid of the market being oversaturated, they're missing out on the opportunity to reach the people that they're destined to serve. Because I truly believe that our coaches are with their own unique voice, their own unique tone, and they are destined to serve a specific group of people that are wanting to hear from that coach. So if they choose to think that it's oversaturated, they're missing out on that opportunity to reach those potential clients. 
Yeah. Life coaching in the United States is, we, I think Sherry said this number, it's over a billion dollars and business coaching is over 5 billion in the United States alone, but that's only a small part of the available market. That's tiny compared to what the number of people out there in the world, <laughs> right? So we really, coaching is actually still, I think, early in the industry in some degrees in terms of the amount of people out there to take advantage of being a coach and, and to receive coaching. To me, it's a great time. This emphasis companies are starting to place on retention and coaching retention. Google prioritizing this as a skill, like it just says to me, that we're going to continue to grow. So I want to talk about the future again, which is where we started this whole conversation. And I want to know what is your prediction for the industry 10 years from now, or, or if you want to do in the next 10 years, what are one to two key things that you think are going to happen in the coaching space that we should be aware of? What's your best guess? So um, who wants to start? I'll, uh, Jennifer, you're smiling. I'll start. Well, going back to what I said at the very beginning, the more money that gets put into this industry the more attention it's going to get, the more mainstream it is, the more likely it is probably to be regulated in some way. And I think that's a good thing. I don't see that as, as a bad thing at all, which also is a cue to me that it's going to continue to grow. It's only at the beginning because there's a lot of, of interest in it being done well and for coaches to have certain skills and training. And whether that's life coaching or within companies, uh, one of the trends I think is going to be is we're going to have more coaches that have multiple streams of income. They will set up shop for themselves, have private clients, but also then maybe work with those clients' teams in their in their offices, office structures, and learn to do team building and facilitation and become more well-rounded coaches that have several skill sets. More like consultants, but with a really, really broad scope of of skills, coaching skills that they can really hit on not just the how to do business well, but or how to live life well, but the interpersonal uh, growth, the, the interpersonal development that they they have for themselves and in relating with others. So if I could sum up, you're saying yeah. the coaching industry is going to grow and coaches are going to become more diversified in their skills and take on a wider variety of clients and modalities of delivery. That, Much better way right? to say it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Stephanie, what, what about you? What's, your, what's the future of coaching? 10 years. I think the, the future of coaching is just continue to grow. There's just so much evidence that people are prioritizing their mental health. Um, and that my prediction is we're just at the start of this growth in this industry. It's just the tip of the, it's just beginning really, especially after what we've just gone through and what we're continuing to navigate in this world. Coaching is just the beginning, you know, to get the attention. And as people become more aware, they're going to desire more life coaches and the quality of coaches is growing. The outreach to help others is growing. It's unquestionable. The it's just leaving an enormous impact on the world. And I, I just can't wait to continue to see how the world evolves as a response to, as a result of receiving beautiful life coaching. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Awesome. And Sherry, bring us home. What are your predictions for the next 10 years for the coaching industry? My prediction is we are just going to continue to expand around the globe, be accessible coaching for everyone that desires it. And I think we're starting to see some of that now that we're in more and more countries where we're seeing coaching as a modality to help support people in their lives. I also think there'll probably be a trend towards 
less emphasis on the what and the how being the coaching topics and more on who a person is being, how they are being in the world and how they want to be to connect them to, you know, the greatest version of themselves. That that's my ultimate hope for people. That's part of what our company's motto is to raise the consciousness of the world. And so I think it'll be more of a shift around coaching the who and less of the what and the how and the outer type things that we've focused on in the past. Mm, I like that. That's an important shift to make. We're no longer going to be coaching the what, instead we'll be coaching the who. I really like that as prediction for the future. So it'll be interesting to see if that shift comes true. And just to add and finish up, right now it feels like we're at the beginning of something special. We're at the beginning of an exponential growth curve. So it's a really good time to become a coach. Coaching has, of course, been around for decades, but now the need for coaching is expanding faster than I've ever seen it. Is that something you would all agree with? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So before we wrap up, any last words of wisdom for new coaches out there? Just like a one, your best piece of advice, tip, or insight for a new coach. And Sherry, I'll start with you. Be you. Do you. Your authentic presence is so compelling. You don't need to worry about what anyone else is doing. Someone else is not the measuring stick for you to measure yourself as a coach. Just authentically look to connect and engage with people and do it from your heart. And that will make you an amazing coach. That and the desire to continue to up your game, to look for ways to be even more professional in your industry, to follow a code of ethics that aligns you with, you know, how the industry is moving in that direction as far as very strong ethics, very strong professional guidelines. Just do you. Awesome. Stephanie. Yeah, I would just recommend you to really think about who you are wanting to serve, but most importantly, echoing exactly what Sherry said, be authentic. First of all, you're you're your own best client. You want to make sure that you're coaching yourself so that you are providing your best version of yourself to your clients, but just to be completely you and know that that is the perfect coach that somebody is ready to be connected to. I mean, for at the Life Coach School, we have such tools and, and curriculum that we have such a great curriculum to provide our coaches. But the most important thing is for someone to know that you do not need to be who you see, you know, who you're comparing yourself to, that you should just be 100% yourself. And Jennifer, bring us home. We have to ditto what they said. And next to that, practice, 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 practice. When you start coaching, continuing to continue to coach, it'll increase your skills, make you a better coach, but it also, you never, ever know what session is going to have a ripple effect out into the world that it's going to have exponential impact. So the impact that you create as a coach, whether you're practicing or you've been practicing for 10 years is immeasurable. So keep doing what you're doing. I love that. So Jennifer from Martha Beck, the Wayfinder Life Coach Training, um, tell everyone how to find your coaching school. It's www.marthabeck.com. And you can also email WLCT at marthabeck.com and ask to speak to an instructor. Awesome. And Stephanie is from the Life Coach School. So Stephanie, please tell us and everyone listening how to find the Life Coach School. 
Yeah. So if you are interested in joining us, we are lifecoachschool.com slash certification. And you can also email any questions to the team at the lifecoachschool.com. Awesome. And Sherry, Sherry from IPEC, tell us how to find IPEC. And it's really simple. It's all run together as one word, ipeccoaching.com. We have been a coach training school for entering our 23rd, 22nd, 23rd year now. We've had this marvelous coach training program certified by the ICF. We're about to enter an exciting foray as a conscious community and conscious organization. So we have exciting things on the horizon for next year. All right. Awesome. And for anyone listening, I highly encourage you to get certified as a coach. It's a wonderful journey, just personal journey of discovery for yourself that is priceless all on its own. But if you want to be a professional coach, it would be so helpful if you would get the training. And so all of these schools enroll regularly. And so you'll be able to find out when their enrollments are and um, how to enroll by going to their websites, which are also going to be in the show notes. So if you want a link, just look for our show notes to click. And with that, I want to say a big thank you to all three of you for attending. These are, you know, three of the one of the best schools in the nation are here. And that is awesome. And so I just want to say a huge thank you for attending and sharing your wisdom because I know there are coaches out there who are listening to this who have gotten a lot out of it and it's made them even more inspired to coach, which is awesome. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode about the future of life coaching. If you got something from it, please share it with another coach or someone who needs this help. And if you want more cutting edge insight, training and help, then come on over to coachpony.com and grab our in-depth free guide all about how to make money as a life coach today. Over 30,000 people have downloaded it and you can find it at coachpony.com. I'll see you over there. Saddle up. Let's ride.